Welcome to Healthy Conversations, an eHealthSpace.org podcast. This week we talk with Chai Chua, National Director, National Health Board at the Ministry of Health in New Zealand. In this conversation, Chai Chua discusses New Zealand's approach to implementing eHealth, how he goes about engaging with stakeholders, and how to manage the eHealth funding process. Chai Chua, thanks for joining us on eHealthSpace.org. You're speaking here today at the Healthy Nation Conference in Melbourne. What's the message that you're bringing to this conference? I think the message that I'm bringing here is that um, for the last two years, uh, we've had a new government and their focus is on delivery as opposed to more plans. And on delivery, it's very much a focus of uh, delivery of a unified health system. And what we mean by that is that there are lots of good things we're doing uh, over the last 10 years, but they tend not to be unified. And what we mean by that is uh, workforce tend to focus on workforce, IT tend to focus on IT, capital tend to be on capital, you know, funding on planning of services tend to be done in, in isolation. So what we're trying to do now is actually say all those things are, is part of the health system. So when we look at implementation and delivery, we need to deliver as one system, one process as opposed to keeping everything separate. So we're working our way through that. So one of the big challenges that I think is, is common right around the world is that moving towards a fully functioning e-health system is actually not so much a technical challenge, but it's a political challenge and, and a question of stakeholders. How are you dealing with stakeholders in that context? In many ways, the stakeholders, whether it's for e-health, whether it's for workforce or whether it's for capital or whether it's for service planning, they're, they're common sets of stakeholders. It's just that when you talk to them about e-health, they then have a different focus. So the way we are engaging with our stakeholders is actually first and foremost identifying who they are and where, are, where is their starting point. And because different, we don't assume that we know, so we'd often ask them where, what's their interpretation of e-health. And take for example the, the community and the consumers. They tend to take the position that they take for granted, a lot of things are already in place compared to the reality. So they're often quite surprised how far back we are in terms of the e-health stuff. And that's actually quite an interesting space to be in because then you can engage with them around the need to actually speed things up and you get a lot of support from them, that sort of stuff. <clears throat> then, of course, the other key stakeholders is always the clinicians who are, uh, uh, who are at the sharp edge of delivery things. And, you know, clinicians are not equal, they're not the same, so there are multiple groups of them. So we need to actually look at that engagement clinicians need to be brought, both in terms of different professional groups, all the way from allied health nursing to the doctors, through across the different type of disciplines and stuff. So where are the, the roadblocks in the stakeholder groups? I mean, are there a particular group of people that are making it harder to achieve the outcomes you're looking for? The barriers tend to be more about perception. So if you take an example of general practice with hospital doctors, the, the barriers tend to be perception about they're trying to get hold of my information. Someone's trying to control my information or sort of stuff. So the way that we're trying to actually overcome the barriers is actually not talking about the, the ownership of the information. We tend to construct the conversation around you know, what are, the, what are better ways of how we collectively do things mm. to improve patient care sort of stuff. And when we have that conversation at that level, it tends to be a much easier conversation because nobody wants to do a bad job here. Mm. 
So everybody wants to do a good job in terms of improving the care sort of stuff. And it's also quite a good reference point, especially among clinicians, when you have used it as a starting point. Uh, you, you know, you don't get the issue of privacy or ownership or funding, so it gets in the way. Well, speaking of funding, mm. what are the challenges you're facing in that context? You did mention to me that um, funding is, is not increasing at the same <coughs> rate that you would have seen it in the past. So how are you dealing with those challenges? The starting point most people have is someone else has to give us more money so that we can do more things with. Whereas our position is, one, there's no dispute that we have to increase the investment in IT, so that's not going to dispute that. But before we put more money into it, let, we need to be confident that the money that we are spending is actually value for money. Yep. And, and when we look in, in, in the New Zealand context, there's work to be done there. So yes, there will be some funding that we will be putting at the national level, uh, but there's a whole lot of funding that's taking place at the district and the regional level. And those fundings are probably uh, need to be rechanneled to fit in with the new direction of travel we'll be going. And you've also got a very unique way of approaching the money situation too because you, uh, you're using the term wastage instead of efficiency. Do you want to explain to us what, uh, how important that is? Yeah, I think obviously you know, everybody go in the world, I mean, depending who you talk to, the issues about value for money or like, uh, current spend. People have different uh, words to, to, to use that. So if you're talking to the treasury type, government department type people, the language tends to be about productivity, efficiencies and, and so forth. Whereas when you're trying to address the issues, similar issues, say with clinicians uh, in the community, um, the words wastage is a much better word to use uh, because uh, um, with clinicians, they actually do know, you know, every day when they work, where are the opportunities for reducing waste. So you try to get into the right uh, words to get them emotionally engaged, as opposed to putting out words that get them emotionally disengaged. So, stuff. so the, the word wastage we found uh, resonates with clinicians, and in the past when I put up slides, with words like you know, uh, productivity, increasing, reducing bureaucracy, the feedback that comes back is, we don't like those words. Mm. You know, uh, I think that the right words you should be using is wastage and improving quality. So the bottom line is whether clinicians actually trust the government in that context. And you're saying that the words actually make a difference. Words make a lot of difference because you know, they are the they are the first thing that they read. There's the words that come up from your mouth. Yeah. So you know, I mean you. When you have someone like me, you know, even though I've just been in, in a, in a uh, government department role for, for 15 months, I'm very conscious that when I was working in the sector as a chief executive, when you have people coming from government departments come talk to you, uh, you, you, you have some anxiety around whether or not they really understand what's going on. Yeah. So the words that they use are very important. It signals their understanding of what's going on. Mm. Obviously, beyond the words, then you look for other things. But the, the words are and your role will be to make sure that those words are used consistently throughout the department too. Yep, consistently all, all the way down to all the staff. Yeah. So you know, we, we talk a lot with our staff around language, around tone, uh, particularly uh, with our colleagues in the sector. You spoke earlier about um, pragmatic outcomes and looking to move from just not just having lots of plans, but um, <coughs> you were talking about uh, you've gone from 140 projects on the go yeah. down to just 20. Give us a sense of the roadmap. What's uh, on, the, on the immediate horizon? What are you looking to achieve in the next 12 months and then beyond that? So we, we have a national health IT plan. 
um, that's been drawn up uh, over the last 12 months. And, and the plan's quite simple. It, it actually very similar to what we had in the past, except we simplify the language. Come back to language is important. So we basically say everybody is quite enthusiastic about electronic health records or stuff, but we need to have core foundations uh, applications. So, you know, in general practice, we must be able to communicate between general practice, exchange information. So, for example, when a patient leaves a general practice to, en to enroll in another general practice, uh, to date, people bring manual records with them. So at the other end, someone has to sort key it in and all sorts of stuff. They may use the same system, but they use different versions. So, 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 so you know, it, it doesn't quite make sense. So <clears throat> we're doing basic things like saying we want to have a core set of basic information about patient that will facilitate transfer of patient from one GP to the other. So, and there are foundation blocks, this sort of stuff. Um, and in the hospitals, so we're saying um, redu reducing waste, of medications important. So what's the process of standardizing pharmacy system, medication management system? And when we're doing that all by the way, how do we standardize it in a way so that information can be exchanged between hospitals, between hospitals and GPs, you know, and GPs down to the restaurants. So we're doing a lot of work at the foundational level and so no one's forgotten that ultimately we will need some sort of shared record. But in the shared record area, um, we're taking a practical approach as opposed to saying shared record needs to be everything about an individual. It's about, in the first instance, what do clinicians need when you're confronted with someone who is new to you, or obviously under care of somebody else? Mm. What are the, what we call emergency care records do you need? So we take a practical approach to that. So most of those are still very foundational building blocks, aren't they? How long do you think it will be before um, New Zealand is up and running on a fully functioning e-health system? I think there's no such thing as a fully functioning e-health system. I think it's always an evolution. Right. It keeps changing. Um, and I guess we want a more sophisticated e-health system. Sort of stuff. And I think that as we focus on the foundation stuff, it's like building the bridges as we crossed it. Every time we do lay a foundation, to, we sort of realise that some of the things we think is needed for a more sophisticated e-health, the foundation things that we do actually shines a light on something new that we haven't thought about. Yeah. So, so we want to move towards a day when you know uh, patients and their families can actually look on the web, their own record, they can add things on themselves, they can decide who can see, who can't see. Um, but we, we're some way off that one. But some parts of New Zealand and some parts of the health organisations in different parts of the country are more ready for it. So the approach we're taking is we're not ideological. So we're, we're saying we will go as fast as people want us to go, as they want to go. Well, that's all we have time for today. So all the best of luck with the journey. And Chai Chua, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on Healthy Conversations. Check us out on the web, where you can also join the conversation or leave a comment on today's show. You'll find us at ehealthspace.org slash multimedia or search for eHealthSpace on the iTunes store. 